The Youthscape Podcast. Is it recording, Rachel? Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. I'm Rachel Gardner. And I'm Martin Saunders. And you know, lovely listener, that because Martin and I both cannot stop talking, it's not like we start talking once producer Rachel presses the record button. We are constantly talking and sometimes she presses record early. And we've been having this long conversation about the fact that I've got lipstick on and I've probably got a bit of lipstick on my teeth. And Martin's like, because I love you, Rachel, you need to know you've got lipstick on your teeth. And I just thought, that's, that's what we need in friends. Friends yeah. that say, you know, you've got lipstick on your teeth, you've got a bit of chest hair coming out the top of your jumper you know yeah. that nose fluff needs to be removed like we need we need where's like the line lives. where's the line on that if, if a does a true friend say you look a bit fat uh no they, would, they wouldn't say it like that though they might say um i don't know what they say they might say <laughs> i don't know what they say you've chosen the worst one well i've chosen the one i'm most self-conscious about I think if I knew that you were self-conscious about sides and you were wearing like an incredibly tight tank top that every time you lifted your arms up, yeah. like your beautiful love handles were on full display. And if I knew that you wouldn't want that, yes. I'd probably get a mega horn and shout, love handles! Every time I saw it happening. <laughs> that would be sensitive. That would be very sensitive. Very gentle. So I think that's what a true friend does. I thought you were just going to apply <laughs> tweezers there and you in fact applied a sledgehammer. Sledgehammer approach. Don't go subtle, go loud. Go, Thanks go very much. big. That's the last time I wear this tank top. <laughs> it's a good tank top. It's very nice. So, this is exciting. Yes. I can't remember the last time we had two star interviews Ooh, completely separate tonight, yeah. on one episode of the podcast. Ooh, so today, it. you get... Um, we, we've grouped them with the letter K. So, all, all the interviews with the letter K we put in the same podcast. Yes. Uh, and so, we have both Helena Kittle mm-hmm. and, later on... Dr. Krish Kandaya. Fantastic. Um, but uh, so we've got a lot to get through today. Mm-hmm. So we we, um, we probably can't waffle on as much as we'd oh, like to normally. Oh, but I do, I've got my coffee. Have right? you got anything you'd like to waffle about? I don't. I mean, normally we're both such terrible external processors. We just need to see like a little colour or a little little thing and it suddenly sparks up all these ideas. But no, I don't have a great... Oh, you have one now. I've got one. He's got one. Oh, is it so, a story from the bygone? No, 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 it's not a story. I don't want to tell any stories no from stories. the past. No because stories. Because we have already established that I retell stories. <sighs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, we were talking the other day about Line of Duty. Yes. And we both oh. like Line of Duty. Yes. And I don't know if you saw this, but people produced, I think the BBC themselves produced a Line of Duty bingo sheet. Did you see this? And That's so good idea. there were about 16 phrases, a grid of 16 different phrases that always, or things that always happen. All right, mate. So the long beep, Kate and Steve calling each always. other mates. It's, and it, it grates a bit, oh, actually. It doesn't, it doesn't sound right. right. It doesn't. Why does it not Neither sound of them. right? Neither of them. No. They just, Why not? They shouldn't call people mate. Neither of them. They're trying to be policey, aren't they? Poli- it's I don't really know. odd. Yeah, anyway. But the long buzzer sound. Yeah. Uh, Ted Hastings with his various catchphrases. Or calling everyone a darling. Uh, yeah, all of that stuff. So, that, so you had um, uh, uh, all these kind of yes. acronyms and things yeah. that happen on Line of Duty. And you, the idea is you tick them off yes. during an episode and you see whether you can shout bingo. Oh, I love it. I wondered what it would look like to create a Youthscape podcast <laughs> bingo. There'd be me laughing like that for a start. What would there be? So they did one for the youth, uh, the National Youth Ministry weekend. Who did it? Uh, somebody in Ted the, Hastings. Someone in the H. crowd. Someone. Some bent copper. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, hang on. Someone in the crowd. Sorry. I Come on. Keep, keep I going. Keep, keep, yeah, keep going. Keep going with your Northern Irish. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, 
So, uh, somebody in the audience at the wow. National Youth Ministry Weekend created... Jamie Cutteridge. Uh, no, it, do you know, I, I'm, we're going to get Producer Rachel. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Producer Rachel's going to tell me who it is by the end of the recording. We will get this. Okay. Yeah, she will. She'll be on it um, now. It was yeah. who? Oh, it was Jamie Cutteridge. It was Jamie oh, Cutteridge. Of course was. it was Jamie Cutteridge. It was oh. Jamie Cutteridge. So, um, and some of it, I read it and I was like, oh gosh, that's a bit close to the bone. But, it was, but they still but they were it, right. Oh, they were right. For every main session. Yeah. Basically, whenever you were around, Martin, were it, you well, the common denominator? Well, they did say, so, host annoyingly introducing speaker as their friend. Oh! I was like, yeah, I do do that. And apologising. It's irritating, isn't it? Yeah. So you're all a bit tired right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things got ticked. Turn to the person next to you and... Yeah, yeah, love it. So, what would Youthscape Podcast Bingo look like? Mm-hmm. So if you had to devise a series of sheets, so we, I'm going to throw this one out to. I think that's a great idea. The listener, yes. And if you would like to devise Youthscape Podcast Bingo, we'll then we'll we'll print it up and we'll we'll make we it can't freely it, available. Though, but we can't look at it because then. No, that just would producer Rachel will do all this. Okay, yeah, she'll do all this. She does all the magic. She, she needs to do more. How work. do you think this thing even gets yeah, onto how, people's oh gosh, computers? Well, the, the rare times you and I are doing it without her around is a tongue car crash. Well, there's several episodes that have never aired. No, exactly. Because they just don't exist. Exactly, and we say the naughty words so that not recorded and the naughty words stay in. But anyway, oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, there I, we go. I, we could do a whole podcast on the line of duty. I, it is a phenomenon. Why? But just going back to it, why is it fascinating? Because you are generally just watching people call each other mate, and yeah. lots of very technical words, yes. and people moving things on screens. I mean, there's no sordid sex. It's characters. It's there's all about no, characters. Yeah, and it's all about um, justice, isn't it? People yeah. that should be doing their job properly, not. There's something in us that's like we want to like want to wheedle that out, don't we? So it is the bent copper thing. It's more interesting than just a robber or just a thief or a murderer. Yes, isn't it? You're right. Jeb Curio is a phenomenal writer, and he's also written he's The Bodyguard, cool. which if you saw that with Keely Hawes oh, I think and I think Kevin Costner, was not the one with Whitney Houston. What? Um, oh, yeah, the Keely and Hors Richard Madden uh, oh, in this this great. brilliant kind of again, mm. you know, who's a goodie, who's a baddie mm. kind of thing. And that's what's always the most exciting is is you don't know. So you watch Line of Duty, and you're constantly thinking. It, they, get, they get you to believe that people mm. who are above suspicion mm. might actually be the baddie. But we know that though. So we then go, so there, it's all pointing to Hastings. So it can't be Hastings. But that, all that's left is that weird Bigelow girl, woman, and then Kate and Arla. And they can't be, they can't be them. Can't be them. Or could it? Or could it? But how could it? Imagine I mean, if Steve Arla is H. And then, I know. Imagine. Does, but is H real? I don't, think, I don't think there is an H. I think Cotton was on to some... Strange, but anyway, it's it's so interesting. Can I just say, producer Rachel just did something with her fingers at that point. Did she? Okay, because people might not have watched the ending. I no, no, not that. No, she did a spoiler with did her hand. She? Oh, did yeah. she? I didn't even see it. I'm spoiler watching it tonight. Hand. Don't tell me. Don't if tell you me. don't watch Live Duty, Ooh. this is the worst five minutes of Youthscape yeah, podcast sorry. ever. It is on Youthscape podcast bingo. The young people watch be, this. I don't there'll know. Be, there'll like, be a whole irrelevant. square. There'll be a square which says Martin and Rachel go down rabbit hole I don't <laughs> understand or care about. Come back. We're only here for the guests. Right, K's. Let's go on to K's. So basically, I had a lot of fun with this one because I bumped into Helen Hill. You know, you know. Actually, we could play youth worker best friend bingo because I, you know, you go to conferences, you go to training days. 
you, you go to events and you bump into the same people and you think, oh, actually, if I lived near you, we'd be really good friends. Oh. Helena Kittle is one of those for me. Every time I see her anywhere, I'm like, Helena, I just know that we'd be good friends. She's like, well, I'm not sure. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, so I was at another event with her and I was like, can I do a little interview with you? Because obviously it's not enough that I just want to talk to you. I have to stick my iPhone in your face. So what we were doing was we were on this church planting course because both of us are involved with church planting. And we were walking very kind of solemnly and modestly between different churches to visit projects. And me and Helena at the back, like, doing this little surreptitious interview about youth ministry. So that's why there's two versions of this. There's two takes, because we do one little conversation on the way to one church, then we pick it up again. And so you'll hear the busy streets of central London. But Helena is a legend. She lives, she breathes youth ministry, incarnational youth ministry. She's got henna tattoos all over her hands. You know, she's a really interesting woman about how she contextualises the gospel for today's generation. And when we come back, we'll do youth ministry best friend crushes. Good with a K. The Youthscape Podcast. So, friends, I'm with a lady called Helena, and we're doing some rogue podcasting today because we're on this tour against churches for a different event. We're sneakily having this little chat because Helena is a youth worker, part of YWAM. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you work. We'll see how much we can do on this show. Sure. Um, yep, Helena, I live and work in Birmingham. I've just spent three years doing a project for Church of England Birmingham with children and families, actually. Um, but now we're pioneering Youth with a Mission Birmingham um, and we've just got a real heart to see revival in Birmingham um, working with creatives, working with students, working with children and families, working with young people um, working with those who are marginalised we've got this crazy dream to build a shipping container missions training <laughs> centre um, where you can live and work and just get to know Jesus more um, yeah, loads that's, of crazy that's stuff. That's amazing. And the reason I grabbed you is that I think you were like, we bump into each other loads, don't we, at yeah. different events, yeah. as often happens in the youth ministry mission world. Mm-hmm. Um, and all youth ministry is incarnational, whether we you know, have the ability to bring young people back to where we live or not. But, but how you guys are doing this is profoundly incarnational, isn't it? You live in community as a yeah. team and in a big old vicarage, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And so what does, what does your youth ministry look like on a sort of day-to-day basis? Well, on a day-to-day basis, in YWAM generally at least, it's a whole bunch of young people coming to do a six-month training course, um, which is called the Discipleship Training School, and you, you move in and you, you live together, you work together, you train them in some stuff around who God is, nature and character of God, evangelism, mission, but at the same time, it's discipleship in the context of everyday living. Yeah. So you have the poignant conversation over the washing up as much as you do in the lecture room and you develop rhythms of uh, worship and prayer together yeah. um, and just doing life with each other. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. What, what do you see at the moment in youth ministry? What, what is connecting with the young people in Birmingham who you are working among? What, what is drawing them into conversations about faith? And we hear lots of comments about young people not being interested in faith. What, what do you see is happening? I'm going to have to pause it here because we've arrived at one of the churches. We will pick this up in a minute. You've escaped podcast. What? Um, I guess one of my favourite things that we do is in the summer we run these short-term missions trips for whole youth groups or individuals can come um, called Mission Ventures. And what I see in the groups of young people there is um, they don't need convincing. 
that Jesus wants to do good things in the earth and they just want to be part of it. And it's just such a privilege to see them set on fire. They just need, um, not permission, but just like they need opportunities because they're on fire and they, they're so passionate about justice. They're so passionate about Holy Spirit often. They're so passionate about worship. They're passionate about community. They might not use those words specifically, but they're passionate. Um, and they just don't always have the, the opportunities, I suppose, or the platforms because they've, they've got so much to say and there's a real willingness and a passion to step out and do stuff. Um, so that's just always a privilege and a, just amazing, amazing, every summer adventure to go on with a whole group of young people who just want to see um, Jesus heal people or want to go and door knocking in Sarajevo and tell people about Jesus you know just so many things they're passionate and they're ready and I think sometimes we just what I, what I think we need is more opportunities for them to go yes yeah more confidence and, yeah. and I suppose it's always just still those of us have been youth workers for, for a bit of time there's that reminder that actually when young people have caught the fire and are sharing Jesus in a raw kind of unleashed way with their friends it is captivating and sometimes the question for us is how can we get out the way quicker I suppose yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah. You, uh, you arrived this morning at this event that we're both at and I was like, what have you got on your hands? <laughs> so do you want to tell us? Because obviously the, by the beauty of podcasts, no one can see what's on yeah, your hands. But what, what, and tell us a little bit about what you are innovating through your hands. So I have a henna design on my hand that a colleague did yesterday um, because we just discovered a fab resource online called Henna Stories, which is a whole bunch of Bible stories and um, kind of, uh, I guess, values-based um, stories about um about jesus about god about the bible um designed to share faith with people um of different um backgrounds faiths all kinds of things and so i have um a really gorgeous little floral designy thing but it's actually it's the story of the um the parable of the lost coin and so you can use it um it sparks conversation i've already had a few people ask me today what it is so that it's obviously working so it is like a as you could imagine a henna tattoo on the palm of your hand starting below your wrist and each leaf and each swirl represents a different part of the story and so you tell that story you were telling me as you are painting it on someone's hand and and last night you were trying this with a few women that came around to your home and what's the beauty of this? There's no words on there at all, are there? What, what's the yeah. beauty of it? I think the beauty is just that, that there's no words. So um, you don't have to speak the sp- same language as someone. If you've got a translator, you, you don't, they don't have to read it. They don't have to be able to read. But also, um, just depending on the context that the women that we might do it on or show, um, the context of their part of it might not be... Um, easy for them to show an interest in the Bible or um, in stories of, of God as we would know them and so they can have this visual reminder of those things without it causing um, difficulties for them should we say in their homes or whatever so it's just amazing and so yeah we gathered a whole bunch of mission workers who were interested in this and we're just going to be practicing on each other and then take it to people we work with oh, and see what happens so you mentioned about visual reminders and I was just thinking that I remember about a year ago I was at an event and three girls I was preaching at an event and three girls came up to me really excited the next day saying we became Christians last night and we went off site and we've all got cross tattoos and here we go look and as, as the symbol of saying we all became Christians and it was so dramatic and they wanted to seal it in their skin and I suppose there's something really powerful isn't there of a, for a generation who actually wants some kind of pub, public symbol about who they are and what they're about and what they're aligning themselves to like what their truth is um, are you someone who has a tattoo? I'm just trying to... I, I don't have a tattoo I've thought about it long and hard and I've been very tempted and there's one that I would have if I had, had one what would you have? um 
I would love to get the words without ceasing on my arm for like pray without ceasing, yes. hope without ceasing, all those things. But I'm just a bit of a chicken. <laughs> and um, the thought of the needle, I think, is just, I haven't gone there yet. Well, Helena, we have just <laughs> arrived on this busy street outside the tattoo parlor. No, it's a coffee shop. But, <laughs> well, I'd like to get one as well. So maybe you and I could, yeah, at yeah. the end of this, get courage and go. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about why Ram then, because I know that you work, you live and work within Birmingham with um, women like you from that last night, but you're really, your main role is a national role isn't it kind of running these summer events so tell us briefly what is it that YWAM brings to the local church well Youth of the Mission is an international charity it does everything from teaching surfing to delivering babies in deepest darkest tribal areas um, and so it's really vast it's quite hard to sum up why wow, england has um, around 15 to 20 different locations all doing different things um, you can summarize it best in three words um, evangelism uh, training and mercy ministry so meeting people's needs um, I, I have a couple of hats that I wear within why I'm England one is a safeguarding hat one is youth mission stuff one is to pioneer what we're doing in Birmingham um, but it looks like lots of different things the training stuff is all this kind of living together and getting input and doing outreach um, but you can find people up mountains in the Himalayas um, delivering a medical aid or literally just doing sharing the gospel and you can find huge campuses of people studying for masters as well so everything in between Um, but it's really exciting journey to be part of and there's just so much to get involved in and going on beautiful and uh, what's your heart for the UK church when it comes to youth ministry particularly we're so conscious that for all the amazing things that are happening there's still the vast majority of young people are not um, regularly meeting with people who can reveal to them who Jesus is and and actually we totally believe don't we that God is with them and speaking to them whether they've got a youth worker in their life or not but what is your heart really for those listening to this podcast who are responding to God's call and seeking to be sought and light and serve young people I think for me one of the kind of pictures and analogies that I've been chewing over a lot recently is um, this idea of formal religion that we have in in a kind of church service that can be so uh, life-giving and beautiful but it is it's sort of a, a chapel kind of thing um, and this is not my own picture that I'm chewing over this is someone else's that I've stolen but um, but the sense that maybe we need to return to village and to be be people who have rhythms of faith in all aspects of our life and I just I see that in the younger generations they're hungry for a village life in terms of their faith and to have faith outlets in all aspects of their life I think not just in the formal gatherings and I, th- I think people want that they want that belonging they want that like, community and we use all these buzz- buzzwords all the mm. time but um, I just, I mean, that's something I'm chewing over and what does it look like for our children and young people um, to be part of the village and my colleague um, another colleague of mine always refers to as a verse um, that talks about um, the New Jerusalem being a, a great place where children will play on the streets and old people will sit and just what does it look like for Birmingham and other parts of the UK to be a place that's a great place to grow up in and a great place to go, grow old in and I just think that's God's heart for wow. the UK and wow. I love that. Oh, that is really beautiful. Well, it looks like Helen and we're coming to our final pit stop of this little church <laughs> tour. Thank you so much. Let me grab you <laughs> as we've walked the streets of London um, and if people want to find out more about YWAM, the website is www.ywamengland.org or just ywam.org and and can, do you have like a presence on social media can they, can they yeah. access you all, yeah you? um 
Well, for me personally, uh, at Helena Kittle, I think, or H Kits, one of the two, um, Wyram England is also there, and various different, if you search Wyram England, you'll find the different bases, and they all have their own things going on as well, so yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's crazy. <laughs> the podcast. Okay, so as promised, youth ministry best friend crushes. Mm. So yours is Helena Kittle. Yeah, I think she's awesome. Have you got any others that you, you've met at things? Youth workers. Well, can we can we use crushes in the, in the broadest kind of sense? Uh, it's like, a friendship crush. Okay, thank you. It's not a uh, yeah. you know, relationship crush. So Christy Wimber, and actually oh, I got yeah. an interview with her coming up. She, yeah, yeah, I think she's lovely. She's fabulous. She's a good woman. Let me think of some more. I, we know yours. What do you mean you know mine? You know yours. Oh, fine. Well, who are they then? Tim Chaddick. <laughs> oh, Tim. <laughs> Why don't anybody else know? Who oh, else? Oh, Tim. Tim. Who else? Um, well, uh, there, I did have a... a, a <laughs> have I told the story about trying to befriend the worship leader? I've told yes. that story. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, I literally, I've got no stories left. No. They've all gone. I know. You need I've to run get out, out there and, I do. and generate a few more. No, you know, um, so i tell you who was a youth ministry friendship crush mm. was Matt Harris, um, mm. who I knew um, before he was the youth worker at St. Mary's Rygate, which is my church. Oh, wow. He was a youth worker in Kettering. Oh, wow. And we became friends and I became, you know, slightly obsessed with how great he was Aww. and convinced him to become the youth worker at our church. Mm. That's what happens when I become your friendship crush. You love Bomb. Is friendship crush a thing? I don't know, and I'm feeling deeply uncomfortable. Are you? <laughs> Are you always at some on some level feeling deeply uncomfortable? You never really relax on this podcast, surely. No, we don't. Right. Do we? So another thing to talk about from yes. that interview with Helen yes. Kissel, um, she has got. Henna tattoos. Mm-hmm. So just describe to me what actually they so are. on the back of her hand and on the palm of her hand, beautiful sort of an orangey brown swirls and, yeah. and and they use it to tell the story of the lost coins. So they paint this on the women's hands. Oh. It's just so beautiful and, it's, and it works brilliantly. If you're, I suppose, working with young people who maybe they're from a context where... Um, actually saying I've been reading the Bible or I've got a Bible or I want to find out about faith would put them at risk and so it's a way of like sharing gospel stories and it's quite hidden so they, they sort of hide elements of the gospel story in the painting it's really oh, beautifully wow. done but I, what I loved about that I mean I love Helena tattoos anyway I think they look gorgeous but what I loved about that was that, that Helena and the YWAM team are just doing really creative out of the box thinking about yeah. how do we help this particular person here understand the good news of Jesus what, what are the kind of the cultural um, what are the cultural bridges that help explain Christ? So it's beautiful. And I, and I do love that about YWAM. I think they're, they're well-known around the world, aren't they, for that incarnational ministry. So. Very much so. Yeah. So uh, producer Rachel was seething Why? during that section. Why? Because she thought... She's my friendship crush, too. She thought she'd invented something. And it turns out Helena Kittle has got there already. What? what? Because we were in a brainstorm once. Uh, we do these kind of creative brainstorms. We're trying to come up with new resource yeah. ideas here at Youthscape. And uh, we were in a brainstorm. And uh, we were looking at ways of engaging young people in conversation mm. around the Christian story. And you were invited in this brainstorm to come up with some sensible ideas and then your most outlandish, out there idea. Always the best. And, uh, and, and, and Rachel's idea was um, non-permanent tattoos that enable you to start discussion with, uh, <gasps> with, with non-Christians. That's a great idea. And, but the name. What was they the were name? called Chattoos. 
No, that's great. No, we yes. need to. No, we need to do those tattoos. We need to do tattoos. Tattoos that inspire. Right, no one else do this. No, but it's already been done. Oh, Helena Kittle has already done oh, the tattoo. She won't mind. She won't mind. We'll uh, we'll 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 do them as well. That was it's, your that was your meal ticket, producer Rachel. Oh, it's a brilliant idea. I think actually to give Helena Kittle probably she would say it's a really ancient art form actually using this kind of paint and stuff so it's probably even not her idea but yeah, it wasn't even that, original though. it wasn't even an original idea I, I would like to get a tattoo would you ever get a tattoo I would I would love to if get a tattoo if England win the World oh, Cup honestly if England win the World Cup I've always said I'll get a tattoo my husband my lovely husband my Jason I've not, yeah. I've not talked about him my Jason my Jason I really want him to get a tattoo on his arm and I've sl- nearly persuaded him because he's got this amazing slide that he uses when he's um, doing discipleship stuff with young people and it says don't fear the reaper and it's this really cool Ooh. kind of tattoo and I'm like get it on your arm and he does a lot of sort of just hanging about on street corners on dodgy park benches chatting with people and I think that'd be great so don't fear the reaper up your forearm if don't you, fear if the you see if there's punctuation in that there's old ladies if like, you see Jason you would imagine but those that have seen Jason Garner he looks like a man who would be Probably quite tattooed already. He gets tough. When he was doing like, he did this job years ago working for LICC in central London. I had a bit of time to spare during the week. Um, and he, he like did stand-ins for shows and like did a little bit of TV work. And he would always be cast as a thug from a particular nation in the world. I'm not going to name really? him. But he'd always be cast as a thug or a bouncer. Really? He had to be a stand-in for Matt Damon once. No. He was Matt Damon standing. You know, you know they That's have like to, a Joey Tribbiani No, you thing. know they have someone stand there and they do all the lighting and all the positioning and they use Jason. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Did he meet Matt Damon? No, he didn't. No, oh. no. Because it was, but it was about the colouring and the height and the building. Yeah. How did we get there from tattoos? Oh, because you want to uh, tattoo your husband? Yes, I'd like to tattoo my husband. Anyway. And my name is Tattooed on God's Heart. If you would like us to continue to develop tattoos please let producer Rachel know um, but the great thing about tattoo wait I've got a link I've got a link what what is it and uh, actually it's not mine producer Rachel even gave me this idea really she's tattoo right tattoo is a composite word of chat and tattoo I did not know that who else do we know who loves a composite word that's a paradox ology oh we got it right there it's our next guest ladies and gentlemen mr yeah. krish kandaya that's right his name also begins with k yeah we should have had k's cranord in this episode as well oh we should have had k's cranord that was a mistake anyway anyway krish kandaya yes uh, author of many composite word titled books so which ones are there then there's uh paradoxology mm-hmm. There's Faithism. Oh, yeah. And uh, to be fair, God is Stranger, which isn't a composite. No, that, that could be. It's more of a play on words. Mm. Yes, it's a clever play so he on does words. Like, he does like he the words. He does word like play. his wordplay. Likes the wordplay. Yeah, play. yeah. And actually, I went and did this interview in his home with his lovely wife, Miriam, because I know Christian Miriam from years ago, and I went to, to see him about something. And um, in their, their house, they have so many books, but beautifully around the walls. And one of their daughters had actually colour coordinated them. She had a really boring day after her A levels. Ah. And it looks gorgeous seen that where people like all the blue books together and all the green books together and all the red yeah. books together so this is, the, this is the family that devour books they wow. love words oh. but as you hear they love some other things a whole lot more and of course we know because Chris and uh, Home for Good has been around for a while now they really really champion um, the plight of children who are left in the care system who um, are the most vulnerable in our community and I, I caught that with Chris because obviously Home for Good talking about uh, children being adopted teenagers are not about to adopt a kid now and then right now but actually many young people we work with are children in care and many as they grow up are thinking about their future and what God is calling on their lives and so actually for Home for Good they're thinking a lot more about 
What is their role in youth ministry? How can they be inspiring young people to think differently about their future families? So here we go. This is Krish Kandaya talking about adoption. This podcast is for you. Krish, it's so good to chat with you. And between us is a big hairy mic. And I'm not referring to Martin. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> It is just actually a mic. And you're holding it very close. So, so you took one look at my iPhone. And I said, I want to yeah. interview you for the podcast. And you just looked down your nose at my, at my, my phone. So what is this that we're talking about? Well, I figured if, if I've got a professional voice recorder, you might as well use <laughs> it, well right? It. So that's, that's all it is. <laughs> I've been doing a little bit of radio recently. So... Um, yeah, I have okay, a, a kit. I love it. So um, people listening to this probably know you well. They've probably heard you speak at Spring Harvest or at Souls Five or other events. Um, but really, I wanted to chat with you today in your capacity as a foster carer. People might not know that you're a foster carer um, and you founded Home for Good. So could we chat a little bit about that? Because a number of youth workers are working with young people from all different backgrounds and, and often feel under-resourced, particularly working with those who might be struggling with traumatic experiences and processing them. So tell us first, hmm. you and your wife, Miriam, tell us about your family. Oh, okay. Uh, so I have one wife, Miriam, who's amazing, and we do all our writing together. So if you've ever read anything I've written, either in a magazine or in a book, um, all the good bits were written by oh. Miriam. Uh, but she's very humble, so she doesn't like her name being mentioned in things. So I should say she's just around the corner at the moment making a beautiful unicorn-covered cake. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> she's an amazing woman. But anyway. Yeah, looking forward to the cake. It's one of our kids' birthdays this weekend. So, yeah, that's going to be good fun. Uh, we have seven children between us. So uh, three of them are birth children. The oldest one turns 20 in a few days. Gosh. And uh, we also have four looked-after children that live with us. So um, some of those are adopted, some are fostered, and the youngest is one years old, and he's just learnt how to walk. I mean, when I say walk, he's <laughs> learnt how to throw himself across a room and, and let his legs catch up with him. You've got a little t-shirt on him saying brave today, and I think that kind of sums <laughs> up. He just, my son does that, he puts both arms in the air, and you just know that wherever he is, he's about to fling himself off. You're also a church leader, aren't you, and founder of Home for Good, and a writer, and a speaker, and yet somehow all these things hold together. So right now, tell us, right now what are you passionate about for the church and particularly for youth workers to grab hold of oh wow oh lots um so i'm, I'm passionate about the gospel I, I want the world to know how great jesus is uh, and jesus once said that let like, we should let our light shine before men that they may say our good deeds and praise our father in heaven um, so there's something about the way that we conduct ourselves as the people of God in the world that ought to be luminous. People ought to see something of the grace, the wonder and glory of God uh, in what we do. But Jesus was also very clear about speaking the gospel. Um, and so those two things are connected. There's a credibility issue in the way that we impact the world that's either going to shine a light and let the world see God. And when people um, are intrigued by that, they're going to want to ask us to verbalise the gospel and explain why we're doing it. Um, and I'm interested in both of those things. I'm passionate that um, vulnerable children in our world, in our country, get the care that they need. Uh, and that's a, a, an absolute good. We should be doing that. Um, and as a result of doing that, people will see God differently mm. because they'll see the love of God that we pour into these children uh, visualised for them. And so all the bits I do in my life, whether it's working for Home for Good, whether it's writing books, whether it's speaking at conferences, it's all part of that thing. But how can we raise the profile, the character, the name of Jesus 
that's my driver, but the tactics might be different in different circumstances. So many of us um, listening to this, we, we have youth groups, we do cell groups, discipleship programmes, and might very well have young people in our programmes who are in care, that are adopted themselves. What have you been discovering as a foster carer and a church leader that, that as for youth folks that we need to really grab hold of in understanding some of the needs that these children might bring to our youth programmes? Well, I'll give a quick plug, actually. Uh, Home for Good has learned so much about this that we've developed our own youth and children's training programme uh, to help people think through all the issues, because there's, there's, there's lots, um, you know, all things to do with um, how a child might be acting out because of trauma in their lives, um, usual disciplinary tactics that we might have tried with, um, you know, uh, most children won't work or will actually be counterintuitively received uh, by kids that have been in care. Uh, we're worried about stigmatisation. Uh, we're worried about some of the relationship loss that a child feels when they've left their birth family but left their school often, um, you know, left their wider family uh, and they're coming into a new context. What's the kind of practical emotional support they're going to need from youth workers? So we've got basically a, a half-day seminar that we run um, and it's been fantastic. We've seen... Uh, uh, recently they did it for all the kind of spring harvest youth and children's workers and it went down a storm um, actually spring harvest over the years has been particularly mm. good at thinking through the issues uh, around disability um, there's often an overlap of children who are in care that have special educational needs and disabilities um, and so there's there's some really good work going on there but w there's so much to, to tell you um, I guess just knowing that there are a whole different bunch of issues that looked after children have might alert youth workers just to, I suppose, sp speak with the people that are caring for the children. They are the experts. Um, we find this at school a lot. You know, our, um, great teachers ask us what we're doing at home to help our foster children or adopted children. And then they work with us so that there's consistency. Mm. So if you're a youth worker and you've mm. got looked after children great. in your youth group, the experts are the foster carers or adoptive parents um, and let them take the lead and, and check with them. You know, um, you know, this was a difficult thing that happened this week. This is what we tried to do. This was what happened. Have you got a better way forward? I, I think come with a bit of humility, accepting that those carers and parents are going to know better than you. Mm. You've, over the years, must have seen a shift in how the church views adoption. Now, obviously, we're working with young people who at the moment are not particularly having children, they're not married, they're not necessarily thinking about their future family, and yet adoption as a concept or fostering as a concept might be something that they might begin to really engage with. So what's, what would you like to see the church and youth workers do in terms of really kind of sowing a vision for adoption and fostering as part of discipleship? Yeah, totally. Um, I think a number of ways, um, actually, Teenagers are thinking a lot about relationships and about who they're going to marry and about what their what their future selves might look like. And so sowing into their minds that even at this young age, they might think, you know, that that picture of you in 10 years time, 20 years time, uh, could it be uh, you and and your husband or wife? Um, and you may have some birth children, but could you also have some fostered or adoptive children? Mm. And, and even now, sowing that is powerful. Mm. I also say to a lot of teenagers that they're, you, some of them know their parents would be great foster parents or adoptive <laughs> parents, but their biggest fear is it would negatively impact you, the teenager. So if you're on board for this, you could be the biggest advocate for your family doing it. And you know what? I've met people. I've met people in the Britain. I've met people in Denmark. That's exactly the story. It was the teenagers that were up for it. And suddenly mm. the whole family was engaged. 
And to be honest, at your school, there will be looked after children. And often those looked after children, sadly, um, there's a kind of Mm. Uh, stigma around them they're treated differently well you know could we empower our young people to actually be brilliant neighbors classmates mates to these people uh, so that they get the love and care and friendship that they need oh, that's tremendous I love how when I hear you speak as well Chris um, I hear you speak about the gospel what it is that, that Christ has won for us in terms of adoption not just this sort of transactional element but a sense of being adopted into God's family for, for youth workers we're thinking actually I'm just conscious that talking about fatherhood of God is difficult for children who might not know a father or they might have been removed from care. How could we talk about adoption as a way of understanding salvation? What, what are you kind of wrestling with at the moment? How could we grab hold of some of that? Mm, no, that's huge. I mean, it is interesting in uh, Romans, in Galatians, in Ephesians, um, Paul brings this up and theologians for a long time have been saying that adoption is the highest privilege that the gospel affords us. And actually, if you don't think about the gospel in terms of adoption we often think of it in a very transactional way so i give god faith he gives me salvation um and it's a bit like a you know a vending machine you know i, I put the coin of faith in and god gives me all this stuff out and if we're not careful that becomes a very consumptive gospel mm -hmm. that you know god's there to give me the stuff that i want i don't want to go to hell when i die i want to go to heaven I give God faith, he gives me salvation. Mm. And adoption frames it really differently. It says, actually, God doesn't just want to secure your final destination. He wants a relationship now. Mm. And all the best bits, the things that you enjoy most, like calling God your father, that's only yours through adoption. Every time you pray the Lord's Prayer, and it's not just the Anglicans that do that, hopefully, um, we're reaffirming our adoption. God is our father. We are his children. Actually, we're, we're reaffirming that we're a family because we say, our father mm. so we're all adopted and you know you could be the youth leader you could be the church pastor you could be the worship leader or you could be a child in the youth group we all have equal access and equal status in god's eyes so it, it really flattens some of the structures that exist um it, it also means that church is more than just an event that i turn up to once a week it's a family i belong to mm. and actually i've got a role to play my, my kids have got a role to play in our family, they're equal members of it. They've got responsibilities. They're not just here to kind of receive. Um, so once you start putting adoption in the core of what we understand the gospel to be, it has huge knock-on effects for our identity, for our prayer life, for our church life. Um, and actually, I think even for mission and justice, mm -hmm. because we are known to be, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be known as the children of God. In other words, peacemaking is the family business that we've been adopted into. So, sorry, you know, if you're not involved in bringing the shalom, the grace, the love of God mm. to the world in some way through your future vocation, for your life in school, for your youth work, then you're missing out on one of the key elements of why God adopted you in the first place. Mm, fantastic. Chris, I think people want a little bit more of you in their life and they're probably thinking, where is the next seminar closest to me that I can get to? So if people wanted to hear a bit more, maybe you have brilliant talks on YouTube, people can hear you and listen to you, but if they wanted to find out more about this seminar, this training, this equipping, yeah. where could they go? So the easiest way is the Home for Good website and it's there. You can see the children and youth worker training. We're doing it all around the country in different ways and actually I don't have to do it because we've got an amazing team that are far more expert than I am. Um, I think the best way to access me is sadly, I'm on social media a lot. So <laughs> Twitter at Chris K or just uh, look me up on Facebook. 
I'm traveling a lot actually. There's a lot of speaking happening around the UK, uh, some international at the moment as well. I'm at the New Wine Leaders event. I think I'm at New Wine in the summer as well. Um, bits and bobs all around. So yeah, I may well be coming to a town near you. So fantastic. So as youth workers, we, we are very good at things like drinking coffee and putting the world to rights. And we love little things like having in our bag. Well, I do. I don't know if you do, listener, but I like having little chocolate bars in my bag. So if somebody wants to absolutely get on the Kandai right good side <laughs> and they found out you're going to be at this event, and I'm not encouraging stalking everybody, but if they found out you're going to be at an event, what chocolate bar could they bring? And they just like going to pass oh, it over to you. And you yeah. know, yeah. they've heard this podcast and you know that they're on Team Kandai. So <laughs> what, what would the chocolate bar be? Oh, wow. That's very kind. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Divine Dark Chocolate Bars. They're oh, my favourite. So that's so good. <laughs> I was hoping we were like, like sherbet dips. I was wanting something. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if you want to mess me up and uh, suddenly <laughs> I have a sugar rush on stage, that, that would definitely that would do, do the job. Fantastic. Chris, thank you so much. Now you can take your fluffy mic and you can, you can head off with that. <laughs> Thanks. The Youthscape Podcast. Rachel, it's it's not so long ago that Home for Good was being launched. Mm. I mean, it's not been around long, has it? How, how old is Home no, for I, Good? I said it was, but you're right. It's not been around. I think five years. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I should know I'm on the board, shouldn't I? But but you know the impact yes, that it's made absolutely. in that time. Mm. Um, and they've done it. They've employed some very clever people. Yeah. And they've they've managed to get their their message out very quickly. Mm. And it's also a galvanising message, isn't mm. it? So it's one of those things that that Christians actually. It's a really practical way to get behind the uh, an idea like, and don't take this to be more loaded mm. than it is, pro-life. What does it mm. mean to be for life mm. and for all people? Um, and, uh, and, and Home for Good gives you an avenue to be for something mm. and pro-something um, rather than being, you know, quite a lot of campaigns are anti or against mm. something. Yes, which is hard to galvanise yeah, unity is. around, isn't it? Absolutely, but but Chris has done an amazing job yes. with uh, with Home for Good, and uh, and and it really, you know, is testament to his leadership and the people he's got around him. Yes, um, they've really focused on something that that yeah. seems to have been sort of overlooked. Absolutely, and and Chris and Miriam have lived this and and lived this. They are still fostering children, so there's no sense. I mean, we often talk in youth ministry, don't we? That we don't want to ever be leaders who talk about something we used to do in the past. I mean, mm. that with Chris, whenever you read stuff, he's writing a lot for the Guardian at the moment. You think actually he's still doing this. He's in yeah. the trenches, yeah. and I think. That for the wider world is quite unique because the higher up people get up the chain in the wider world, the more removed they are from the point of need. Whereas Chris is a great example to us of proximity, stay mm. closely connected to the point of need, and then you have something to say. Um, and that's a challenge to the church. How can we speak about the good news of Jesus unless we're close to the, to the need that he's come to meet? Mm, yeah, Absolutely. So we love him and yes. his surname it begins with a K. That's most and his first name as well. Oh, he's awesome. Him and Keish Cranard, you get together. Oh, it's ticking all the right boxes. They would laugh and laugh. Well, that was an epic, epic interview we, series today. We've covered it? a lot of ground. And I promise Martin will be doing some interviews soon because I know that there no, are some diehards that are like, Martin asks slightly better questions than Rachel. I know that's you not, do. That's you not do. true, Rachel. <laughs> you that's do. Um, but, but that is the end that of another useful podcast. End. We're going to quickly say hello to Natalie yes. Jones, Jim Page, and Helen Wollstonecroft. Hello to you all. Uh, and if you would like to get a shout out on the Youthscape Ooh, podcast, get in touch. then get in touch in all the many ways that you know you can. You can also uh, sponsor us by going to uh, patreon.com slash youthscape and you can give us like a dollar or five dollars or four thousand dollars a month <laughs> to support the vital work of the Youthscape podcast among communities whose names end 
begin with a K. Oh, and beyond. And beyond, other people too. What places begin with a K in the UK? Communities. What? I didn't mean communities, I meant surnames. Yeah, what? Oh, oh, surnames, I look like towns. Kent. Kent. Kent! Help, this help is for the you. people of Kent. Let's give generously to support the ministry in Kent. Okay, I'll hold it and then you can tell me.